The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Professor Zvi Bodhi, uh, who is a professor of management at Boston University. Uh, he is also the author of a new book called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. Welcome to the show, Zvi. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background um, and uh, you know how you got to be at Boston University before we get to the book itself. Well, I did my doctorate in economics, a PhD in economics, across the Charles River from Boston University at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And while I was finishing up my doctoral dissertation, I got an offer to come teach at Boston University uh, on a part-time basis, and um, I started teaching here. My wife and I really liked Boston. Boston University is a great urban campus, so that was it. We just stayed here. So uh, we're going to get into detail of the book. Why did you feel it was necessary to uh, write and get this book out at this time? Well, the book really explains some pretty fundamental things that I think everyone should know about investing, and they don't. <laughs> and the reason they don't is because it's not in the interests of, the professional community uh, or the industry, really, to tell them those simple simple things because it, it essentially goes against their economic interest to do so. Maybe explain uh, that. Analogy, what is their economic an, interest and what is, what is Wall Street telling people that is like not to true? I give sometimes is, you know, if, don't, don't ask people who are selling vitamins whether you need vitamins okay you, you know the answer you're going to get before they even give it everyone should take vitamins well it's a little bit like that with investing uh, everybody should take risk and be exposed to the stock market and I've never believed that that it I mean, there should be some exposure to it, but the idea that has been spread by uh, investment by the whole industry is you need to have most of your retirement money in the stock market for most of your life, even in retirement. And that clearly is not a good advice for most ordinary people. What has been the downside of that? People who took that advice, uh, how has that hurt them compared to what you're suggesting? 
Well, it it hurt them in the you know in the last uh, essentially since the market peaked in two thousand, in spring of two thousand. Uh, had they, I mean, let me let me uh, start off by saying that you you know in any particular period you may find that stocks do particularly well, but you got to catch the right period. There are periods when the stock market has done terribly. Uh, when I was writing my doctoral dissertation at MIT, it was the 1970s, and anybody who lived through that period as an adult with money to invest remembers how bad it was in for the stock market. But anyone who came of age during the 80s and 90s got the impression that stocks can only go up. Uh, by the same token, somebody who started investing, uh, you know, in the year 2000, realizes that uh, no stocks. Can, we're we're back to the, you know, the bad years of the 1970s. So it's risky. And what the most fundamental thing that people need to understand about investing is what is safe and what is risky. And nobody out there seems to be telling the public what is safe. And how do you well, figure out how much you need or how much you should keep in safe assets as opposed to risky assets? I mean, the problem for people today is that safe assets have zero return and the prospect of but zero that, return for but, quite a while to come. But that's always been the case. I mean, safe assets... Investing is all about trading off, taking more risk for achieving a higher expected return. What people have been told by the industry is as long as you have a long time horizon, there's no trade-off. That in the long run, you're going to get the higher return without higher risk. And that idea is fundamentally false. Because if the risk went away in the long run, there wouldn't be any risk premium to earn. The reward in, in terms of a higher expected return is only there if there is risk. So what do you say to people who today uh, want to so-called play it safe, or concerned about the volatility of the stock market, and therefore, they keep their money in I bonds and treasury bills and money oh, market funds so and CDs, I, earning less than 1%. And meanwhile, their cost of living for food and energy and taxes and health care and insurance and tuitions and everything that's going up, uh, their, their purchasing power is disappearing in front of their eyes. How is that safe? Well, uh, you said it. The very first thing that you mentioned is, is the answer to the purchasing power problem iPods. That's the safest asset there is for an American. It I bonds, uh, Series I savings bonds, which I'm sure most of the people in your or audience have never heard of, and everyone in your audience should have heard of over and over 
again, and it's, in my view, a failure of government and industry that everyone doesn't know about I-bonds. Because you and I both know that whatever the rate of inflation turns out to be, if you're investing in I-bonds, you're going to you get the promise that you will at least get back enough to maintain your purchasing power. Well, today the I-bonds yielding about zero, even though inflation that, is up to maybe 3%. Zero means that you're going to be earning the rate of inflation. So if inflation is 4% this year, or, you know, which it may very well turn out to be, you're going to earn 4% this year, and you're not going to pay taxes on it. You're going to defer taxes. You can defer them for up to 30 years. And in some cases, you won't have to pay taxes if you use the proceeds to pay for tuition for your kids. Uh, if the rate of inflation five years from now turns out to be 10%, you'll be earning 10% that year. So saying that it's zero in real terms is very meaningful to an economist like me or a finance person like you who knows what real interest means. But to ordinary people who aren't used to thinking that way, the right way to explain it is I-bonds will pay you the rate of inflation. Yeah. I mean, some would say that inflation, the CPI number, is actually understated because it's got such a heavy housing component and it's not really picking up the real inflation that people are actually experiencing. Well, actually, that defect of the CPI, in particular, the housing one, was fixed a long time ago. The, the CPI is really, as far as I can tell, and uh, I've written papers on this, I've co-authored research on this, uh, it's a very fair, me- it's not everyone's ideal measure of purchasing power. For some people, it understates. For other people, it overstates. But on average, for a family of four, uh, the average household, it's a pretty good measure of cost of living. So you're saying that uh, I-bonds uh, would, would be a good solution for me. But there are other inflation uh, interest-linked Variable rate bonds, is it the same for all of them or just I-bonds? Just I-bonds. I would not recommend series, you know, double E savings bonds. That is a floating interest rate, but interest rates are so low right now, uh, you know, that uh, you're not going to earn anything. The I-bond rate right now, uh, you know, let me, the the... I'm trying to get it right now. Okay. The composite rate right now is 3.06%, and that changes every six months. Now, do you know, and this is U.S. Treasury, the credit of the U.S. Treasury. There is nothing out there issued by the Treasury, uh, money market account, certificate of deposit, that is paying anything remotely close to 3.06% with a six-month maturity. Yes. 
Yes. So, I mean, essentially, in effect, it's sort of an intelligence test. If if someone knows that these things exist and is not investing the maximum they can, which right now is ten thousand dollars per year per person, then you know there's something wrong with them. Uh, Fed Chairman Bernanke has said, in effect. He's been talking about the punishment that savers have been taking lately by earning almost nothing on their safe assets. And he's, in effect, saying this is exactly what we want to do. We want to push you out to make uh, riskier investments. We want you to be in stocks. We want you to be in bonds. We don't want you sitting and and earning nothing. Is that uh, irresponsible on his behalf to to be encouraging that? I think it is, yeah. So what's wrong with that? For for some people, that's not irresponsible. But how can – how can you say that to everybody without uh, knowing the particulars? There are some people who should be taking more risk, and there are many people who should be taking less risk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, don't gonna... you think it's irresponsible to give that kind of advice without knowing anything about the person? Okay, we're going to get into more detail about that in, in uh, our next segment. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, Professor Zvi Bodhi, uh, who's a professor of management at Boston University. Uh, his newest book is called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. He does have a website related to the book, which is risklessandprosper.com. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business or organization operating as efficiently as it should be? There are five basic dynamics present in every workplace that can effectively derail any organization. Be sure to listen for What's Leadership Got to Do With It? with Rick Tiemann. Rick and his guests will discuss how you can manage these five dynamics and improve your leadership skills. Leaders that want a successful business can't afford to miss this program. What's Leadership Got to Do With It? is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Professor Zavid Bodhi. Uh, he's a professor of management at Boston University. Uh, he's just come out with a new book called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. Welcome back to the show, Zvi. Thanks, Jordan. You begin uh, your first chapter with a meeting you had of various people uh, who wanted financial advice. Tell us about that meeting and what kind of came out of that meeting. Well, a bunch of ordinary people who are discover that they they all have a mutual problem, the same problem, namely they haven't got a clue how to invest. And they have to make those decisions because, you know, no one else is going to make them for them. Uh, so it's the dilemma of modern times. You know, you've got a, uh, a retirement plan, let's say, that uh, forces you to make choices about how you want to invest your retirement money. Traditional pension plans are gone. So this group gets together, and the first thing they realize is they are all in very different situations in life. And so without knowing what their goals are or without deciding on on a set of very specific goals, um, they have no idea what is safe and what is risky uh, because <clears throat> those things depend on what you are shooting for. So you have uh, a young, or let's call it youngish divorcee with kids. You've got uh, an older couple. You've got a young man who's uh, been laid off for a while. And the first thing they realize in, in meeting with uh, the financial planner, who is the wise man uh, that they are uh, meeting with, is they've really got to clarify what their goals are and clarify where they are in their own career path. Because for each of them, the most important asset they have is their earning power, what economists call their human capital. So you're saying that that's important for people, before they start thinking about where they should invest, is to calculate their human capital. How do people do that? Well, it's essentially, it, it you know, it's not a mathematical formula, although it can be formulated uh, mathematically, but it's essentially what are you earning, what is the trajectory of your uh, expected earnings, are you going to keep pace with inflation, or do you expect to keep pace with inflation? Are you at the start of a career where salaries typically go up much more than inflation? Um, or is it the other major question is how secure is it? Are you know can you count on a steady income? I'm a tenured professor at Boston University. Uh, I can pretty much count on steady work for as long as I want to continue teaching. Uh, that is 
not the case for uh, people who are working, let's say, on Wall Street or in many other occupations. So you're so, saying it's important, once you've kind of calculated your human capital, your earning potential, uh, that you then have to reframe risk going forward. How does one reframe risk once you understand what your human capital potential right. is? Right. So, so risk means not being able, at least in our version of it, it means not being able to meet your, your basic needs. So you've got to uh, figure out what it is you want. Is it a secure retirement? Uh, is it the ability to, or let's say, to retire early? Is it to be able to send your kids to a four-year university? Uh, specify the goals, which are going to depend very much on your family situation and your age. And then decide, okay, what is the minimum that I need to feel that, uh, you know, I am secure? And that's a difficult thing to do. That's that process of figuring out needs. We, we have put together a six-step what we call target practice, for figuring out what is the best way to come up with your basic goals that are what you need and still feasible. You say in your second chapter it's important to picture your destination and kind of set goals. What are some easy ways that people can picture their destination and set goals that's kind of realistic? Well, for one thing, uh, they should look around at you know their neighbors. Uh, they, if, if if we're talking about a couple, they should sit down together and do this. It's much more effective if you do it as a couple rather than as an individual. And um, you know, you've got neighbors, you've got relatives, you've got people who are older than you, and. That's your frame of reference. So, are there? Are you supposed to allocate a dollar amount uh, that you well, need that, to accomplish yeah, the different that goals? Comes next, that's the issue of feasibility. So it's a, it's kind of a, um, what we call an iterative process. In other words, you can, you know, people may start out by saying they, they need an awful lot, but if it's totally out of your reach, you start thinking, well, do I really need that? How am I going to be able to, you know, you, you might say, well, I need to retire at age 60. And uh, that might be your initial goal. And then when you look at how much you've saved, when you look at the number of years remaining, you may very well come to the conclusion, I think a lot of people are in this situation now, people who are in their 50s uh, and 60s are realizing there's no way they can retire at 60 and meet their basic needs in retirement. So they've got to push it out to 65, maybe maybe even beyond that. Yeah. 
All right, so once you've set your goals, you say the next thing important is to do what you call paying up. What do you mean by paying up? Well, paying up means actually uh, saving the amount that you said you need to save. So why do so few people actually do that? It's very hard. Uh, I think an example that I can give that, that I can relate to is... Uh, Virtually once a year, I say I absolutely have to lose 20 pounds. And I know it's true, and I've studied it, and I know it's feasible. But actually doing it is a whole other ball game. So what is the resistance of part of most people to actually save in the way you think they should be saving? Well, we, we become accustomed. We're creatures of habit. And uh, if your plans call for saving more, we know a lot of people just have a really hard time of doing it. Is, is part of it society is telling you to buy things all the time and put things on credit? And future well, I wouldn't itself? blame society so much, but yeah, that's part of it. Peer pressure. Yeah, but it's, you say it's there are some the insights from behavioral finance about why people don't save. What are some of those insights? Say that again. I'm sorry. You, you say there are some insights from the study of behavioral finance. Oh, yeah. As to, as yeah. to why we, people do not save. Know. What are some of those insights? Right. Well, the insights are things like the, the issue of self-control, right? Uh, we know that uh, there are things that we have to do to... I'll give I'll give one of my favorite examples. I want to lose some weight, or at least not put on more weight, so I don't buy ice cream because I love ice cream, and I know if it's in the refrigerator, I'm going to somehow find my way to the refrigerator. It might even be in the middle of the night, and just you know go at it. So if you know you have problems of self-control, and, and we all do, virtually everyone I know, uh, you play, you know, you uh, arrange your life so that you minimize temptations to do the wrong thing. And so how do you do that in the area of, of saving? Well, with saving, of- it's you... You try to make it as automatic as you can. Because if you don't get the money in the first place, if it's, if it say goes direct deposit into your uh, retirement account or an account for your child's education and you never get it in your hand or in your checkbook, then it's a lot easier to save. What are some ways you would recommend for automatic savings that would work like that? Well, the best way is direct deposit. Just automate it so you don't have to think about it. Okay, like mutual funds and... and, uh... Well, let's start with, you know, my favorite I-bonds. You want to make sure that, at least I tell people, make sure that you've bought your annual allotment, the, the maximum you're allowed to buy of I-bonds, $10,000. So one way to do that is tell your employer or just 
actually the easiest way is to uh, instruct your your bank if you have a uh, online banking to buy a certain amount every month transfer the money into you can do this through Treasury Direct which is essentially an online bank account with the US Treasury or it's an account with the US Treasury and you just have the money moved from your checking or savings account at your local bank to the US Treasury to buy, you know, Series I savings bonds. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Professor Zvi Bodhi. Uh, his new book is called Risk Less and Prosper Your Guide to Safer Investing. We'll be back after this. markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Professor Zvi Bodhi. Uh, he is a professor of management at Boston University. His new book is called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. Welcome back to the show, Zvi. Thank you, Jordan. You have a chapter you call The Mismeasure of Risk. Uh, how do people measure risk incorrectly? Well, the, the first mismeasure of risk is the notion that uh, – it mostly has to do with stocks, and it mostly has to do with the idea that if you have a long time horizon, stocks aren't risky. And that is just fundamentally a fallacy, a big mistake, and it is a dangerous mistake. 
because, you know, people people are saving for retirement and they they assume that if retirement is far away, then they don't have to worry about a shortfall. They're going to earn the expected rate of return on the stock market. And that is not the way to think about risk. The way to think about risk is the further off in the future you go, the greater the uncertainty. I mean, think about, for example, uh, forecasting hurricanes, okay, where weather is a very good is a very good analogy so let's say we know on average there are a certain number of hurricanes every year but we don't know when they're going to come we don't know where they're going to hit and as they approach you know the the further off in the future they are the greater the uncertainty if you've ever seen a weather map of an approaching hurricane when it's six days out, okay, that's the long, there's this very wide area where it might hit. And it's, it's only when it's like a day away that you have a very good idea of where it's going to land. Well, it's like that with the stock market. You know, you, you're investing for retirement, which is far off in the future. The stock market, you know, can drop 50% as it did in 2008 just as you're about to retire. You, you say that there's a big lure of hype when you get to investment. What do you mean by that? What would be an well, example the hype, of that? The hype is, A, the notion you, you hear uh, advocates of putting, you know, most of your money into the, most of your time and money into the stock market, hyping it by saying, history proves that, your best bet for the long run is the stock market. That's hype, in my view. It's also it's also false. You so also have, or, or they'll say things like you can't afford not to take risk. You you'll recall when you started uh, the very first question that you put to me uh, about a half hour ago was. You know, how can people put their money into uh, safe, so-called safe assets like I-bonds that are, you know, paying very low rates of interest, uh, especially, you know, if you look at the real rate of interest it's on I-bonds is zero. So that sort of gets people into thinking, oh, gee, I can't do that. I've got to invest in the stock market. And... You don't have to invest in the stock. I mean, you may want to do that, uh, but you got to realize you're gonna you can wind up earning less than zero, a lot less than zero. Um, one so-called solution to this whole problem is so-called target date funds, which give you a specific date in the future uh, when you're going to need the money in retirement, and that's supposed to be a very simple solution for people who don't want to be paying much attention to it. Uh, what do you think about target date funds? I think that target date funds are extremely misleading because although there's a, a target date, there's no target level of income in those plans. 
what what the mutual funds have done is simply automate uh, a change in the mix in the stock bond mix. So when you're many years away from retirement, that's the date you've got. Let's say at age 25, 90 percent in stocks. 10% in bonds, and then the idea is when you get to age 65, it's 50-50. Well, that's the input mix. But how much income, how much money are you going to have? Okay, there's no, there's no target income level in those plans. There's no, it's, they talk about glide paths. Well, when a pilot files a flight plan, the very first thing is what's the destination and then what's the arrival time. These target date funds have an arrival time, but no no destination, no targeted uh, amount of income in retirement. They've been around for a while. What has been the actual experience of people in target date funds? I'm sorry, say that again? These target date funds have been around for a while. What have been people's actual experiences with target date funds? Well, the the experience of uh, 2008-9 was awful. Uh, and, in fact, there was a big outcry because a lot of the people who had put money into target date funds assumed that at retirement date they would have enough money to retire. And there was a rude awakening when they realized that their account, you know, let's say you had a target date of 2010 or even 2008, but typically it's a 2005, 2010. So you have a target date of 2010, and 2007 you thought you were almost there, and then all of a sudden you're, you have a shortfall of 40%. And people were not prepared for that because they thought, if it's a default option in their plan, surely it must mean that as they approach retirement, they can be more and more certain that they're going to achieve uh, enough in their plan to retire on. And the only thing that was certain was the mix of stocks and bonds, not, not the value of those stocks and bonds. So they're not happy. Okay, you also talk about uh, creating a personal risk profile. Uh, how does one uh, do that? Uh, and then, you know, relating it to what kind of investments you would have. Right. So the personal risk profile depends first and foremost upon uh, what your future earnings look like. You know, I'm talking about ordinary people now who you know, don't have a big inheritance. So it's what your earnings profile looks like, your capacity to save, and what your needs are. And that those things together determine what we call a safety zone or a safety set point. If you are uh, comfortably... Uh, investing in safe assets to get you to your safety set point, then beyond that, you can 
invest in anything you want. You can take flyers. You can invest in uh, penny stocks, uh, in hot tips if you want. But, you know, I regard those things uh, more. They're sort of like lottery tickets uh, and highly speculative. So you say that your ability to take risk is entirely different from how you feel about risk. What do you mean by that? Yes. Uh, your ability or your capacity to take risk is something that you can more or less objectively arrive at. It, it depends on you know, your, your family status, the needs that we've been, your income needs that we've been talking about, and your career path. Uh, the security of your job and so forth. Um, all of the, none of that is uh, related to how you feel about taking on risk. And a lot of the questionnaires that people are asked to fill out to determine their risk aversion really have to do with personal feelings about, you know, how would you feel if you lost money or if you gained money? Some of them actually just ask people, are you generally conservative or not in other areas of your life? And that doesn't necessarily tell a person how much, they, how much risk they can actually afford to take. You have a chapter in what you call the art of matchmaking, matching appropriate investments for your level of risk and needs. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you should do to match these things correctly? Okay. So the uh, a really good example of matchmaking is if you have decided on a certain bare minimum level of retirement income that you need in dollars of today's purchasing power, then investing in I-bonds and tips that are sufficient, that will grow sufficiently to cover that need, is matching the investment to the goal. That's what we mean by matchmaking. That is in contrast to what the investment industry uh, will say is the only method of uh, risk reduction, and that is diversification. Okay, Diversification is a very important means of reducing risk, no question about it. But prior to diversifying comes the issue, in, in our view, of matching with safe assets those minimum requirements that you have in the future. That is not diversifying. So to give you an extreme example, if you are you know, just managing to save enough to cover your basic needs and you don't want to take any risk, you don't have the capacity to take much risk, you're going to want to be putting everything into I-bonds, TIPs, inflation-protected annuities to lock in 
that basic level of of uh, future spending. Make sure that you can meet it, uh, reach it, and you okay. don't want to diversify. You want to be a hundred percent in those safe assets. Okay, we're going to take a break, Zvi. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is a Professor Zvi Bodhi of Boston University. His latest book is called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. We'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network if you're looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line Tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Professor Zvi Bodhi, who's a professor of management at Boston University. His newest book is called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. He does have a website related to the book, which is risklessandprosper.com. Welcome back to the show, Zvi. Pleasure to be here. You have a section in the book about annuities uh, as one of the things people might look at. What are the pros and cons of annuities, and how should people uh, get the best annuity for their needs? Right. Well, the first thing is to recognize that the annuities that I'm talking about are life annuities, the kind that you know when you retire, <laughs> you're going to want to own because 
it'll make your it'll stretch your dollars so that they'll last as long as you do. The income stream will last as long as you do. Uh, and the, the, actually, annuities have a uh, the term annuities got a bad connotation over a number of years because they were essentially mutual funds uh, with a an insurance wrapper which made them tax-deferred, but they were being sold with very high markups. So uh, that's not the kind of annuity that we talk about in the book. What we're talking about in the book is lifetime income, guaranteed lifetime income. And that's very important if you reach retirement with a you know limited amount of money and you want that money to bring you the maximum income. Now, what happens when you buy a life annuity is you're not going to have anything left for your heirs. Okay, if you get a pure life annuity without any anything left over, that will maximize the amount of income that you can get from your given a limited amount of savings. Uh, and the way it does that is the insurance companies pool that money over many different people. So the people who wind up dying earlier are essentially helping out the people who die later. The result of that is if you've got, say, 3% of the people in the pool who die every year, then it's it has the effect of being like an extra 3% interest being earned on the remaining money. So you win if you live a long time and you lose if you live a short time. That's right, but you don't care if you lose because you're dead. (laughs) That's probably true, although your heirs may not be too Well, that's right. That's why it's important if you have heirs to take care of inheritance in other ways, including, by the way, buying life insurance, which would pay off when you die. Yes. And it, it is often works out much better to buy life insurance for your, you know, to give an inheritance to your heirs and life annuities for yourself, and you wind up saving money. You also have a chapter on investing for education, for college education. What are some ways to do that according to your formula? Well, there it's it's really very important to look into the special programs that exist for uh, tuition, uh, guaranteed tuition programs. Many states have these programs where, in effect, you save a certain amount each year, and it buys you uh, a certain number of uh, units of tuition credit. So it's, it's, again, it's matchmaking. You're, that's the safest form of investment for that particular purpose. Now, there are also so-called target date funds for college saving, which are 
again, I think a misnomer because there's nothing in those in the design of those target date funds that guarantees you that you're going to have enough to pay for tuition. Yeah. Okay, we're running out of time. You also have a chapter on choosing a financial advisor. What are some things people should look for in finding a financial advisor? Well, you, you want someone who you can trust. And one question that I advise people to ask right from the bat, right off the bat is, what do you think about Series I savings bonds? And if the advisor says to you, oh, stay away from them because, yeah, you, you can't afford to put money there because you're going to earn a very low rate of interest, then look for a different advisor. Uh, and, of course, if the advisor says, what are Series I savings bonds, you definitely want to look for another advisor. In summing up, Zvi, uh, just tell us overall what a difference it can make in people's life if they take your advice to risk less uh, and prosper in retirement. Well, it can make a huge difference because, you know, if, if you're like me uh, and lots of other people, every, every dollar you save, you want it to count. Uh, and particularly, uh, you, want it, you want to make sure that your basic needs are covered. So thinking about the future as a combination of insurance savings and some speculation is the right way to go. You want insurance and saving to cover your needs, and as long as you've got your needs covered, speculation is fine. Indeed. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been uh, Professor Zvid Bodhi. Uh, he's a professor of management at Boston University. His latest book is called Risk Less and Prosper, Your Guide to Safer Investing. Uh, he does have a website to find out more about this, which is risklessandprosper.com. And he also has a website, zvibodie.com as well. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Zvi. It's a pleasure. And let me just say my co-author is Rochelle Taku. Indeed. Well, thanks again for being on The Money Answer Show. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.